It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal, along with you counting down the days, hopefully, till the Biden presidency. On today's show, though, America under attack from COVID, a resurgent COVID, and of course, from our president and his criminal organization called the Republican Party. But first, let's start off on a lighter note to have some fun. We're supposed to be celebrating, after all, Biden's victory. So... Let, let's try to have some fun to start off. And as you've undoubtedly heard, the fun news event of the week was Rudy G, Rudy Giuliani, having his big voter fraud unveiling at the Four Seasons. Yes, the Four Seasons, the kind of venue that makes Donald Trump proud and led him to happily tweet, uh, supporting tweets about this big events at the Four Seasons, which it turns out was not quite the esteemed restaurant or hotel, but in fact was Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company, what seemed to basically be a kind of rundown little landscaping company nestled right there next to a sex shop. Yes, that's where Rudy G, Rudy G decided to strike a blow for election integrity. Okay. A blow he didn't exactly strike, though, to be fair, he did strike a a blow for sex offenders everywhere. Yes, it turns out, in case you missed this, that Rudy Giuliani's star witness to voter fraud at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company located next to a sex shop was Daryl Brooks, uh, who said that there was election fraud. He knows. He saw that there was election fraud. He'll tell you about it at some point in the future. Uh, It turns out also what Daryl Brooks, I guess, wanted to say was that what Rudy tried to do in that hotel room in Borat with that young girl, that was cool, man. Because it turns out that Daryl Brooks, Rudy Giuliani's star witness, is a registered sex offender. This is the guy they drag out to teach us about voter fraud. It's just... Remarkable, the one thing we continue to have going for us as the president and his criminal organization try to destroy this country is their their comic incompetence. That they are, they're the keystone cops of doing anything. They're so pathetic at what they do. They are so unbelievably incompetent. Anyway, so that was Rudy Giuliani's big event. I want to be clear that I don't want to besmirch all sex offenders. I'm sure there are good people on on both sides. Um, To be fair, where would the Republican criminal organization be without sex offenders? Given that sex offenders are one of the core constituencies of the current Republican Party. That, along with religious voters, of course. Another core constituency. Yeah, just let that marinate for a moment. Sex offenders, the party of sex offenders, and the party of religious voters, and religious voters who don't even notice that there might be some irony there. Anyway, this kind of an event where Rudy Giuliani just alerted the world to voter fraud, that, of course, still doesn't exist, explains 
why talent like that is apparently demanding $20,000 a day from the Donald Trump campaign for his legal services. Yes, this is just out. Several sources have said that Rudy Giuliani has demanded $20,000 a day for his legal services from the Trump campaign. Now, let's just start with this one by noting, again, that this says all you need to know about the perils of revering the rich in this country. It is another reminder that people don't necessarily get rich because they do wonderful things for society. They don't necessarily get rich because they're good at what they do. Often they get rich because they're fucking scum. Or, in the case of people like Donald Trump, because they start out rich. Rudy Giuliani's making a lot of money because he has absolutely no moral compass. And that's helpful. Now, it, 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 it would normally bear mentioning that Rudy Giuliani denies that it's true that he has asked $20,000 a day for his legal services for the Trump camp. Now, normally it would be worth mentioning that, but as I mentioned years ago, it is the policy of this show not to repeat the words of pathological liars for the truth of the proposition for which they're being told. So the fact that Rudy Giuliani says they're not true <laughs> should have absolutely no impact whatsoever on the listener of this show, just like it has absolutely no impact on your humble podcast host here. Anyway, maybe that's kind of it for the fun news for a little while. Now let's get to the America under assault part. And let's start with COVID. Yes, during the last week or so, COVID has continued to spread in Donald Trump's orbit. David Bossie, his uh, one of his election, big election lawyers, Mark Meadows, his chief of staff, and many, many, many others in the White House have, again, come down and tested positive for COVID. This time at a White House watch party, apparently, this seemed to be the super spreader event that spread COVID among Donald Trump's staff and the White House staff. This is basically, at this point, this is the third, at least, super spreader event from the President of the United States. I'm saying third, but actually third in the White House, I think. That's not even counting all the super spreader events that he's had at his rallies. It's President Typhoid Mary, basically. The President of the United States is, well, when he shows up in Florida, let's just say, Stand your ground laws in Florida should mean that Floridians get to shoot him on sight because he's a threat to their lives, because he's a super spreader. All right, it's it's not all good news on the COVID front. And did that sound insensitive on my part to make it sound like people around the president getting COVID was good news? Ugh. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, I'm not going to deny it. I, I think it's great. Every time I hear about somebody in his orbit, somebody who works for him getting COVID... Let's be clear. I celebrate. If I were if I were having a drink each time it happened, I'd be an alcoholic by now. But I'm absolutely celebrating. Anyway, that's all that we could be celebrating at this point regarding COVID. Well, not quite all yet. We'll talk about vaccines. But COVID has come roaring back and is breaking records in America. We have surpassed the 11.1 million mark, substantially surpassed the 11.1 million Americans who've come down with COVID. We are rapidly approaching a 
quarter of a million dead in the United States. We have generally been averaging a thousand dead per day or 9-11 every three days or so in America. We continue to set records on that score. Today, by the way, I just looked it up before I came out to my podcast. We've had more than 150,000 new cases already today. And to be fair, that's actually a good day from recent numbers. That's a pretty low number. We are once again seeing shortages of hospital beds and much of the country shortages of hospital beds that we have never seen before. Where people are lined up in hallways getting further sick and dying because we lack the ability to treat all the numbers of people who are getting sick. It almost leads one to say that we are basically entering COVID hell at this point. And when I say it leads one to say that, it leads, for instance, Dr. Michael Osterholm, the newly appointed coronavirus advisor to President-elect Joe Biden, who said, and I quote, what America has to understand is that we are about to enter COVID hell. COVID hell. You know, wait a minute. This is, this is Joe Biden's coronavirus advisor talking about COVID hell? Unbelievable. The guy, Biden, is not even the freaking president yet. And already he's making things so much worse. Donald Trump tells us that COVID doesn't exist. Biden's already telling us that it does. It's unbelievable. Pretty soon, people who are going to hospitals and dying of COVID are going to believe that there's such a thing as COVID. It's unbelievable. This guy, he's ruining America already. He's not even the president by, you know, telling us inconvenient truths. But while this is going on, we're talking about the, the, the newly appointed coronavirus advisor to President-elect Joe Biden, who has, of course, announced his task force of, oh my God, what's that term? Medical experts. People who actually know what they're doing, have some expertise. You know, it's like the guy had an electrical problem in the White House and he decided to call an electrician rather than a plumber. Crazy, crazy how these people think like expertise matters. Compare that, of course, to the president of the United States, who, well... Where has he been the last two weeks of the coronavirus coming back? I mean, seriously, where is the president of the United States? He is harder to find than Waldo when it comes to any kind of response to the coronavirus. The president of the United States, in the, in the wake of a rapidly deteriorating situation regarding a, a deadly pandemic, is absolutely AWOL. But... I don't want to just blame Trump. Let's be fair. His pretty much entire criminal organization is AWOL. The Republican Party, where are they now on COVID? They are pretty much continuing to be non-existent, which, with some exceptions that I'll get to in a moment. Uh, in fact, how are Republicans looking at COVID as a chance to save some American lives? Thousands a day. The Washington Post is reporting that with the pandemic raging, Republicans are saying the election results validate their approach to COVID. The fact that they may yet maintain the Senate, that they picked up seats in the House, that they are still trying to steal the presidential election, which they lost pretty handily, they think this validates their approach to COVID. 
This is the criminal organization that is running this country right now. Uh, to be clear, what is that approach that they think has been validated? That approach is to do nothing and then lie about it. That's their approach to a deadly global pandemic, an approach which they are now arguing has been validated by the election results. Ignore the fact that the election results can be attributed to gerrymandering in the complete undemocratic nature of America and voter suppression, but never mind. The Republicans will not learn a lesson here other than what they want to believe, which is continue to lie to the American public and continue to sacrifice them. And I suppose in some, to some extent, to be fair to Republicans, we continue to find out that it is minorities who are dying in especially greater numbers of COVID. It is hitting blacks, Hispanics, other minorities harder than it is hitting wealthy white people who might vote Republican or sometimes even poor white people who vote Republican. Yes, COVID is killing minorities. What the GOP calls a win-win. Yes, you can imagine in Republican circles, they're, they're celebrating, they're popping champagne bottles and saying, if this keeps up, we won't even have to suppress the vote. They'll just be dead so they won't be able to vote. This is perfect. Yeah, I, I have a low opinion of the Republican Party, but in my defense... It's, you know, based on facts. Anyway, there is some exceptions starting to break out among the Republican cult. And it turns out that is among the few Republicans who actually have to govern. Governors in GOP states are now increasingly requiring people to wear masks and promoting mask use. Wow, imagine that. Only, what, eight, nine months into the pandemic? Republicans think it may be time to start doing something about this. Oh, that's what you want. Give good governance for you. So it really points out the difference in some cases between, and we've seen this in in all kinds of ways in the past, between Republican governors who might actually have to govern and Republican senators and future presidential candidates whose whole premise is we do nothing. We will do absolutely nothing. Who spend their lives doing nothing and feeling no need to actually do anything having to do with governing. What a difference. Meanwhile, the president, to the extent that he ever shows his face on COVID, you could just imagine what's going on there. Well, you don't have to imagine. He's upset at vaccine developers. Yes, he is is upset at vaccine developers because, of course, it's not anything to celebrate that they're going to potentially save a lot of American lives. Trump doesn't give a shit about that. Why didn't they announce this when it would benefit him? Who cares about Americans dying? This is all about Donald Trump, after all, like everything else on the planet. So that, of course, is the is the rare bright spot, the good news sort of in COVID, although it comes with a huge caveat and a huge asterisk. We now have two uh, pharmaceutical companies announcing that they have vaccines that in early tests are showing remarkable success rates with apparently uh, no spe- no side effects to speak of, no safety issues to speak of. I caution everybody a couple of things. One, we keep saying they would never stoop that low, but these are pharmaceutical companies 
And I will trust their results when I have some kind of independent, valuable verification that they have these results. But even if it is true that they have vaccines that are remarkably safe and effective, great. But the logistical problems with getting these vaccines to people, getting them to market, manufacturing them to a large extent, are huge. And that is going to mean that at the, in the best case scenario, we are months away from some kind of large-scale deployment of these vaccines. You know what would be helpful at this point to get these vaccines ready to market, to get to the point where they can be safely stored and then safely disseminated to Americans? It would be nice if we had a president of the United States kind of helping the states to make these things happen. Anthony Fauci, of course, you know, that, that man who deserves to be behind bars, just came out today and said, a patchwork of state responses is really not going to do it. We need a federal response. Anthony Fauci apparently a li- feeling a little bit more bold to speak out and things that the president doesn't want to hear now that the president has just been voted out of office. Anyway, speaking of the president being voted out of office, let's go back to the Trump assault on the United States. It's not just COVID that is now declaring war on the United States of America. It is the president of the United States and his criminal organization. Here we are. What are we? About two weeks. Two weeks, in fact, past the election and a week and a half past the time where it was officially called for Joe Biden or unofficially called for Joe Biden. Way past the point at which every other losing, loser, loser presidential candidate in the history of this country. Did I mention loser? President, presidential candidate in the history of this country had conceded the election. It's, in fact, almost exactly two weeks from the time Hillary Clinton conceded an election she had won by almost three million popular votes, but not Donald Trump. It is looking at this point like we will probably get through this, like the country will... So I, Just think about what I'm saying here. And you've all been thinking it. You've all been wondering this. Just take a moment, all of us together, now that we're here together. All of us together, let's talk about the fact that we are talking about whether the President of the United States can destroy America. Can destroy, can rip up the Constitution. Not the bad parts, by the way. Just the good parts of the Constitution. It's looking like we're going to get through this, but every time I start feeling comfortable about that, I am reminded this is the Trump era and don't ever overestimate their, I don't know, their decency and don't ever underestimate their willingness to destroy everything to get what they want. It's not just the Trump era, by the way. The Republican Party has demonstrated for way more than, for, for two decades at least, that this is what they're like as well. Anything that they can do to steal, cheat, lie, and win is fine. It looks at this point like they're not going to be able to get away with it. I'm not quite breathing a sigh of relief yet because they're still out there trying. We should be seeing a smooth transition to a president who was overwhelmingly elected by the American public, who overwhelmingly won even a 
a skewed election that is set up under the Electoral College to benefit the minority party. Even under these crappy terms, he easily won the election in the Electoral College. It's now being agreed all across America that he won 306 electoral votes, way beyond the 270 necessary to become the president. And yet, the Trump administration is doing everything they can to prevent any kind of transition. They will not give Biden or his team access to information, including information about COVID that would help them save American lives, including information about national security that might help them save American lives. We're talking about potential real problems here, real blowback from the fact I was a little sanguine last week at saying, well, at least Biden has some experience. There's not probably not a lot he needs from Trump as far as tours of the White House. But they need information. They need access to information. We now know that the Trump administration has told everybody within the administration not to share information with the, with the president-elect. This, again, I remind you, is the president of the United States. Little whiny piece of shit. They're not sharing presidential daily briefings with the Biden team, which is standard practice up until Donald Trump and the Republican criminal organization. Meanwhile, the Trump purge continues in our government. And this is part of the reason I remain scared about whether Biden's going to be able to become the president in the first place. And I remain scared about what the hell this country and this world are going to look like if he does. Because Donald Trump is purging. He's purging the, the I don't know, the X team at this point. The Y team? We, we're already done with all the people who had borderline possible qualifications for their jobs in the, in the Trump administration. We're already down, way down that list. But even there, too much for this president at this point in time. Maybe there's still a little integrity there. Maybe they're not saying all they need to say to the, pre- to the, to the outgoing loser of a president of the United States about how he actually run the election and how there was voting fraud and it was stolen from him and all the, all the wonderful things he needs to hear. It, it doesn't exactly seem like a propitious time already when America is undergoing a presidential transition, which is already a fraught time for American security. It doesn't really seem the time where you want to be firing all of your security people, like the defense secretary who was summarily fired. Like perhaps they're still talking about the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, and the head of the CIA, Gina Haspel, being next on the chopping block. I'm a little reluctant to use chopping block because I'm going to go back to that. that. That has an image I don't want to bring up right now. But talking about firing everyone they can within our national security establishment. And of course, the concern here, people are very concerned about the mischief that this can cause, that this can allow Trump to do. Are they, are they being fired because they are getting in the way of Donald Trump's efforts to bomb Iran, to start a war with Iran? What other problem, what other mischief, what other damage, world damage cataclysms is this jackass of a president looking to create that these people may be getting in the way of? And I'll say, again, the one thing that gives me some hope here, 
He's firing all our security apparatus, all our defense people. So he could do what? Again, I think, I hope that we are giving the whiny little baby too much credit. We think he cares about war with Iran? We think he can, we think we can, he can locate Iran on a map? We think he cares about anything other than himself? This is presumably about putting people in who are maybe gonna gonna improve his efforts to try to steal the election and 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 destroy U.S. democracy, but presumably to tell him all the time, release information that tells him all the time that Donald Trump is a great person. Donald Trump is a great president. He just wants to be told good things by these people. The, the problem, of course, is that when he's being told these things, so are the fucking morons who vote for him. And God help us when these people keep being told what Donald Trump wants to hear. We may be saved here from the fact that this little baby throwing a tantrum right now doesn't have the attention span to be an autocrat. That's what America has gone. Donald Trump. Too much of a whiny little baby with no attention span to be an autocrat. How's that for a bumper sticker? Anyway, I don't mean to say that there's nothing to be concerned about here because, in case you're getting the wrong message here, there is a lot to be concerned about here. And let's talk about just a few of the things that have been in the news regarding what the Donald Trump purge and the attack on our democracy has done. Uh, you, You might have heard that this week or so, since my last show, Twitter has permanently suspended a Twitter account associated with former White House chief strategist, the guy who may have had more to do with Donald Trump getting into office than anybody else, famous white supremacist and white nationalist Steve Bannon. Twitter has permanently suspended an account he's associated with after he suggested that Dr. Anthony Fauci and the FBI director, Christopher Wray, should be beheaded. Should be beheaded. I mentioned this a little bit last last week, actually, but there's more on this. I'd put the heads on pikes, Bannon now said in a, in a de- video that's since been deleted. I put them at the two corners of the White House. This is what the former chief white chief strategist for the White House was saying. But he's had a lot of company this week because uh, the, the Pentagon's new policy chief, the Pentagon, the war machine, the military, the new policy chief at the Pentagon is a guy by the name of Anthony Tata who called Barack Obama a terrorist leader. A terrorist leader? Oh, right, I forgot. He was black. And tweeted a lurid fantasy about the execution of the former CIA director, John Brennan. He tweeted a lurid fantasy about the execution of the former CIA director? This guy's now the Pentagon policy chief? Then, of course, there's the chief of police from Marshall, Arkansas, who, in good news, was forced to resign after posting on a right-wing messaging site that Democrats should be attacked and executed. Not particular Democrats, Democrats. Not that these people are starting trying to incite an insurrection of fucking morons. Not that these people are international criminals. He shouldn't have to resign. He should be in fucking prison. Democrats should be attacked and executed. 
it, it almost makes Florida governor and noted Trump lackey, Ron DeSantis, look normal for drafting legislation that would allow armed citizens in Florida to shoot and kill anyone they suspect of looting. Let me me just work that back a little bit. Not shoot and kill looters, which would be really bad, by the way. Look, I'm not in favor of looting. I I don't think you get a death sentence for that. But anyway, not... He's not saying you should shoot and kill anyone looting. You should shoot and kill anyone you suspect of looting. That's okay. Gee, he didn't loot. On the other hand, he was a black guy and he was in my neighborhood. Oh, okay then. Because apparently, according to Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, stand your ground, i.e., which I've talked about in the show, is pretty much licensed to shoot black people. That doesn't go far enough in Florida. Apparently, there aren't enough white people shooting enough black people in Florida. So we need to go further there. Some of this craziness makes the Attorney General of the United States memo freeing Department of Justice prosecutors to pursue voter fraud that doesn't exist. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You are free to pursue it. Wink, 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 nudge, nudge. Am I overstating the case? Not according to Department of Justice official Rich Pilger, who immediately, the guy who's in charge of overseeing voter fraud, immediately stepped down upon the Attorney General of the United States issuing a memo freeing Department, basically calling upon Department of Justice prosecutors to pursue voter fraud allegations that don't exist. All for the benefit of a would-be tyrant and a criminal organization that would be perfectly happy to be a fact, to have a fascist takeover of this country um here's here's the the idea of um prosecuting people for voter fraud sounds like a good idea to texas lieutenant governor dan patrick republican of course texas lieutenant governor dan patrick thought this was such a good idea that he announced a one million dollar fund fund to reward to reward reports of voter fraud Yes, the the lieutenant governor of Texas announced a $1 million fund to reward reports of voter fraud. And again, the the good news being that people with a brain, we might ultimately get slaughtered and lose and watch the world end. But at least we always get the better of the other side in the verbal wars because we're smarter than them. But Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor wants to collect the reward, writing, and I quote, I got a dude in 44, Pennsylvania, who tried to have his dead mom vote for Trump. I'd like the reward, please, in Sheets gift cards. <laughs> I'd like Sheets gift. I'd like the reward I found a Trump voter engaged in voting for. Anybody want to take bets on whether he's going to collect any money from the lieutenant governor of Texas for that? Of course, it's not about finding voter fraud. It's about supporting the fascist dictator. We continue to sort of laugh sometimes at the comedy of this, but as the president continues to destroy this country, his supporters around this country continue to rally. They continue to rally on his behalf. They continue to rally on behalf of a president who has nothing, who is a liar, who is making up voter fraud, who is trying to destroy this country. This is what these fucking morons are doing. I was asked, by several former students recently if I'm celebrating right now. Celebrating the Biden victory. 
And my response, of course, is if I have to live in a country with 70 something million fucking morons, this fucking stupid, there's not there's really not much to celebrate. As I pointed out last week, we've may have got we may have gotten a stay of execution, may have gotten a stay of execution for a few years, but we're still on death row. This country is still on death row. You cannot coexist with morons. These fucking stupid with, with, with morons is fucking stupid. Now. Am I being hard? Oh, there you go, you liberals, always looking down on Trump voters. Let me just be clear on one other thing regarding these fucking morons. The, again, the, the big hope with the President of the United States, we don't know what he's trying to accomplish with all this, with all these bogus claims of election fraud, these, these lies about election fraud. Clearly, they're designed to soothe his very fragile, very little boy ego. But of course... We've also been finding out that there is an ulterior motive, and it is the same ulterior motive that Donald Trump has had for his entire grifter life. It turns out that Donald Trump is sending out calls for fundraising, for his legal appeals and for his efforts to unearth voter fraud around America and his bid to to protect American democracy. He is sending this out to his supporters, and even in in the documents itself that are asking for money, it has to point out that most of the money that will be raised will go into Donald Trump's pocket. In other words, just one last grift before he goes. So I think little of Trump supporters, I think they're dirt. Let me be clear. I think they're absolutely dirt. At this point, if you are a Trump supporter, get COVID, you make me sick. But shut the fuck up and get out of the way of civilized people running the country. But I also want to be clear that I have a higher opinion of them than their fucking cult leader does. Because their cult leader has to keep them this fucking stupid so that he continue to separate them from their life savings or whatever little bit they actually have. Ripping the country apart, I don't know if it's a feature or a bug, but it's probably... Not the main goal of this criminal president. The main goal is just to steal the money. The good news with what's going on, what points out here is we, we, we read all across America where Trump is bringing all these bogus lawsuits. Trump says shit on Twitter to enrage his base, but his lawyers won't even say it in his lawsuits. Maybe that's the good news. Right now, and I don't know for how much longer, there's still enough integrity in our court system that lawyers feel reluctant to walk into court and commit perjury and argue things that they know not to be true. And so lawyers, for instance, representing Trump in Arizona this week told the judge that they don't believe voter fraud occurred in the presidential election. That's what Trump's lawyers said. While, of course, publicly the President of the United States is talking about voter fraud. And, oh, by the way, can you send me all your money? We could, we could really use some money here. Because God knows the President's legal defense fund is going to be huge. And this, of course, again, is the big concern and why I cannot be celebrating too loudly the fact that we have avoided a bullet right now. And when people ask me about my celebrating, I, I'm not celebrating. I, I, I am relieved. I am able to somewhat sleep again at night. I'm using fewer drugs. I'm not using any drugs. That was a joke. But anyway, um, 
these morons are still among us. The Republican criminal organization will not be getting better. They have made it clear that they will only get worse. The people who vote for Donald Trump are making it clear that they are not going to get better. They are only going to get worse. This country needed, still needs, a revolution. And all we got were the revolting. We got a bunch of people for whom decency and actual information is the enemy. And I don't know how you keep running a country that way. Some of the, some of the big news on speech this week is Republicans are all upset with social media. You know, the social media sites that let them spread their, their, vile, their, their vile hatred, bigotry, prejudice, bullshit. The, the social media sites that were instrumental in Donald Trump becoming the president in, from the 2016 election, they now don't like those sites. And in fact, Republicans are now looking to move over to more pure sources of bullshit because they, Facebook and Twitter are no longer pure enough for them. They're moving to solid conservative sites like Parler, apparently. Not pure enough? That sound a little Aryan to you? It should sound a little Aryan to you because it's fucking Aryan. In fact, I read in Harper's this week that apparently thieves in the Netherlands stole nine mannequins wearing rare Nazi uniforms from a museum. And I read that and I think probably like someone's giving it to Donald Trump as a, as a gift, right? And then pretty soon the, the Trump administration will be wearing those Nazi uniforms. So yeah, I, I don't mind the Aryan reference there even social media sites where they've been spreading their bullshit are not pure enough for them anymore and they're going to sites where where spreading lies and hatred is even easier this is where we are but i want to i just want to point out for a moment that republicans are upset that twitter and facebook pulled down some of their tweets that were lies they flagged some of their tweets that were lies as lies, including some tweets from the President of the United States. This is what translates in Republican circles, in conservative circles, as anti-conservative bias. I just want to spend a moment on this before we go. I just want, I just want to tease this out a little bit. Facebook and Twitter have flagged Factually false, lying tweets. Not opinion. Lies. The earth is flat. Kind of lies. Factually false. They have labeled them as such. Conservatives believe that this is anti-conservative bias. Let's just be clear that what this is saying is lying and conservative are synonymous. Cutting down on lies, cutting down on liars, is attacking conservatives. It is an acknowledgement that you are fucking liars. It is almost as entertaining as, I've talked about this before, when conservatives say, you know, academia is so liberal. Academia is liberal. Colleges are liberal. There's no, in my experience, liberal conspiracy in academia. But I hope the colleges are liberal. 
what you're saying is, you know, places where people actually know something and places where people have a brain and think about what they say, those places tend to be liberal. I don't think this is an indictment of education. I don't think this is an indictment of colleges. I don't even think this is this last part is an indictment of Twitter and Facebook. It is clearly an indictment of the conservatives in America today and the Republican criminal organization for whom their best defense right now, their best argument is the extent of their criminal insanity. They are this insane. They are this criminal. They are this awful. They are this uneducated. They deal in lies and manipulation and cheating. And then when somebody points that out, they say, oh, you're being so unfair to us. How could you say that about us? The crazier you are, the more you can rail against people for calling you crazy. Hence, today's Republican Party. You might as well put that on a bumper sticker. Anyway, that's today's show. I'll be back undoubtedly with more good news next week. Till then, COVID's back. Be safe. Be well. See you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 